1: This world-renowned paranormal researcher, investigator, and uh, we are going to uh, be madly off in all directions. We're going to cover a lot of ground. We're going to talk about our strange moon. We might even work in a little bit of a discussion on Tesla and Elvis, uh, his latest paranormal experiments, including his latest metaphysical inventions, the psionic dematerializer. I love the name of that, uh, a.k.a. the Bad Buster and the Miraculous prayer board joshua p warren has spent nearly 25 years breaking ground in the paranormal he began publishing at the age of 15 and at age 25 simon and schuster published his book how to start or how to hunt ghosts which is now widely considered a classic in the field in 2004 he made the cover of the science journal electric spacecraft for his work on the mysterious brown mountain lights He's the founder of Lemur Paranormal and the Asheville Mystery Museum. He often corresponds for Coast to Coast AM, and he hosts the nationally syndicated Speaking of Strange radio show, and uh, he has a new uh, podcast called Strange Things. We'll talk about that as well. He's the author of, as I mentioned, "How to Hunt Ghosts," "Pet Ghosts," "Animal Encounters from Beyond the Grave," "Evil in Asheville," "Haunted Asheville." It would take me all night just to uh, to list his numerous publications. Let's welcome Joshua P. Warren to the program. Hey, Josh, how are
0: you? Hey, I'm doing great, Richard. It's wonderful to be with you. And uh, I just mentioned before we started, this is actually the first interview that I'm giving in my new studio here in Las Vegas. So it's an honor to be breaking some ground with you. Fantastic. So
1: let me tell me, let me ask you about, um, you recently moved, I think, uh, from one location to another in Las Vegas. Yep. You, you set up a new lab. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about it? What is, I mean, I'm I'm imagining Tesla coils and test tubes filled with strange green goo and and things like, what does it look like?
0: Well, when workmen come over to help us, you know, set up the new house, they walk in and they say, uh, "Where am I? Is this Doctor Frankenstein's laboratory?" <laughs> it, it looks like you're you're thinking. Um, I'll take some pictures at some point and, and post. But yeah, I have a six foot tall Tesla coil in my living room. Uh, I have tons of Van de Graaff machines. There's one behind me right there. Uh, and in fact. This new house that I bought—it's much much bigger. So I now have space not just to live in, but I've got space for the studio, for the workshop, for the new lab, and a special lab that I'm going to be talking about later on this year, which is devoted entirely to parasimatics and sigil research. um And then you know it's great because I've got some some play area out here. I've got a swimming pool out back. It's it's a perfect little environment for me. And yet as if that weren't enough, as I was looking at real estate here in Las Vegas, I saw that there is this incredible paranormal hotspot for sale. And I couldn't resist. And so I bought this additional land. Um, and uh, do you want to get into that right now? Or do sure, you
1: <laughs> this is the one near near Area Fifty One, right? Where else yeah. is Chico, P. Warren going to buy property? I mean, you you have a place out in Puerto Rico, like in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. So obviously, you're going to buy near Area Fifty One.
0: Well, you know, I guess it was about four or five years ago. I was heading to Area Fifty One and uh, by car. And I was using the differential time rate meter, which was a new device designed to help us measure time anomalies. I was the first person who got to test this out. It was invented by my friend, Ron Heath, who is a Silicon Valley engineer. And as I was on the way to Area 51, I was stopping on the side of the road and just taking measurements. And I found this one spot where time slowed down by a fraction of a second and that was uh astounding it's not supposed to do that i think now we're finding it's not as uncommon as it was just 4 or 5 years ago but uh still i mean this made national news and so i started going out to the area 51 uh location a lot and i realized that there was one spot in particular it's very it's, it's right off the extraterrestrial highway it's not far from the little alien and it is But it's off the road a good way. So it's very, very quiet and isolated. And this is a spot where every type of paranormal manifestation you can imagine has occurred. Everything including apparitions, cryptids, time slips, uh, all kinds of uh, UFOs and abduction scenarios. Um, It's one of those places where the man carvings have been found, uh, which is you know, Paranagat Man looks like an alien that was carved only around Area 51 thousands of years ago in various locations. So anyway, this is sort of a huge natural hot spot, And I saw when I was looking at real estate that that property had just come up for sale. And I immediately got on the phone and I bought it cash right then, right then and there. Okay. I didn't even hesitate. I couldn't believe that I got this land. I, had, I, I was waiting for that deed every single day to get into my hands just to, <laughs> to prove that I wasn't dreaming this. So I now own this land, and I don't want to say exactly where it is yet. It's multiple acres, so it's plenty of space. And because this is a natural paranormal hotspot, I have decided it is time for me to create this machine that has been in my head for years, that I intend to operate at this location to enhance what is naturally occurring there and to, for better or for worse, attempt to open a portal or some kind of an interdimensional doorway there. And it kind of reminds me of how Tesla, Nikola Tesla, went to build his Wardenclyffe tower in New York, this big 200-foot-tall tower. Well, my machine is not going to be that big. Uh, The first version of it may be 6 to 10 feet tall. But I'm taking every single thing that I've learned, and I've been doing this stuff almost 30 years now. I'm taking everything that I've learned about physics and metaphysics and psionics and psychotronics and radionics and ancient secret technologies that have been rediscovered. I'm combining all of this together with sacred geometry into this machine, which should work in harmony with the the forces that are already there. And if it does what I expect it to do, then um, we are going to have the most clear and powerful evidence of other dimensions and a paranormal phenomena uh, that has ever been documented. And I'll be honest with you, Richard. Uh, I am a little afraid. I mean, I know there are people who are gonna say this is very irresponsible, you shouldn't do it, you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and there's some truth to that. But I think that if I do this, I can do it gradually. So if 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 I if I if I start to not like what I see, I can ramp it back down.
1: Right. Yeah. It's uh, it sounds similar to didn't George Adamski build something like that out near Joshua tree in the desert.
0: Yeah. There is an integratron That's which is it. a giant building out there. And so, you know, there have been similar kinds of things done. This is not going to be a building though. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, a Tesla coil and it's some of its overall appearance, but it works very, very differently. And, um, i have got a name for it. It's a great name. Uh, I think it's going to be a very very memorable name when I finally tell people about this, but I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to create it. Uh, I figure it will take me a minimum of a year, uh, possibly two years at the most because there are some exotic components that I have to gather to make this work. I may have to travel to some other parts of the world and get some things I'm not sure yet. but uh, my friend <clears throat> excuse me my friend C. Eric Scott is a great filmmaker in Washington DC. And uh, he's won lots of awards and we've worked together on all kinds of shows on the History Channel and Travel Channel and Nat Geo. So he is going to travel here off and on as I am building this thing and document it. So if all goes well, we'll have this really interesting documentary that will either have a huge finale where we see something that's mind blowing, or it will just be a complete portrait of a madman as he descends <laughs> into the chaos of trying to fulfill this impossible mission either way it should be entertaining wow well
1: let's hope it's the the former and not the latter joshua p warren joshua p warren.com and um well this piece of land that you brought i i, I don't I obviously don't want to divulge too much but it sounds like almost like the skinwalker ranch um you mentioned, you know, it's like a, one, a one-stop shopping location for all paranormal activity. Yeah. How do you account for that? Is does it have? Are there ley lines? Does it have to do with the mineral composition? Is there a lot of quartz? Uh, what do you think might be at play here?
0: Well, this area between Las Vegas and Reno, Nevada, and Fresno, California, is known as the Nevada Triangle. A lot of people have never heard that term. And in fact, there are more disappearances, for example, here than there are in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, Over the past 60 years, I think something like an average of three airplanes per month have vanished in that triangle. And what's weird is that you're talking about mostly barren land, so there is great visibility of what's down below for search and rescue, and you have some of the most sophisticated military technology in the world here uh, where they are constantly scanning the skies for aircraft. And where do these, these planes go? As a matter of fact, if you go to the Las Vegas uh, actual Metropolitan Police Department website, they have a whole page talking about how many people vanish in Las Vegas every day and, and, and you know, that's the take how, how to take care of yourself. So anyway, but moving beyond that, here in the Nevada Triangle, We have got some uh, truly unique uh, geological characteristics, at least for our country. Uh, This is known as the Silver State, but actually uh, much, much more gold is found here than silver. Nevada is the number one gold producer in our country, and it's the number fourth in the entire world. I think uh, we only have Russia, China, and Australia ahead of it. So the only reason that this continent makes the, the, the map, so to speak, is because of Nevada. So we have this enormous amount of gold and a lot of silver here. So needless to say, the ground here is incredibly conductive. And of course, besides just being conductive, gold is the most perhaps mysterious metal that we have. It's always been worshipped by the ancients. It's always been associated with metaphysical powers like the Ark of the Covenant. It's extremely durable. We use it in outer space all the time for shielding and masks. It doesn't corrode. I mean, gold is a very special thing. And there are loads of it underneath the ground here. Additionally, you have one of the hottest places on earth here. Like for example, here in Las Vegas the other day, I think it was uh, like 108 degrees and in Death Valley, it was only like 112 degrees. That's (laughs) two hours away. Okay. So we're basically in, in, in Death Valley is the hottest place on earth. Right. Furnace Creek, I think holds the record. I've been there. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're, we're basically, you know, we're here in the middle of this area where it's so hot and so dry that electrostatic charges are just phenomenal. They're super powered here. I mean, for example, when I lived in Western North Carolina, where I'm from, uh, there was so much humidity all the time that often if I wanted to experiment with a a Van de Graaff machine or something like that, I would have to run a dehumidifier for a few hours, if not a couple of days, because it's nice and lush and green and it rains there all the time. Here, Uh, I'm walking to the machine and I get a shock when I reach out (laughs) to turn it on, you know, dragging my feet across the carpet. And so uh, the, the electrostatic charges here are just so powerful. If you take this dry climate with these incredible winds that allow these charges to be expressed and you look at the power supply that's given from all of this conductive metal in the earth below, And then you add all the layers of dramatic history into that human behavior, you know, the whole phenomenon behind Las Vegas and then the mystery of Area 51 and the military activity and the aliens coming It is a true phantasmagoria, and it is just a playground for a person like myself. The difficult part, Richard, is trying to sort of sort it all out because so much happens all the time. Uh, You don't know what category what box uh, what a certain subject might fit into it at any time it's a little bit overwhelming
1: right right um you mentioned you know you, you're going to build this machine on this property and uh, i don't know maybe open a portal or that might help explain you know what's at the uh the root of all of this paranormal activity and um You're worried, you know, maybe you'll descend into madness, but you, this was the subject of one of your, your recent podcasts, strange things. And and people were asking you, I was kind of an ask me anything session. They were asking you what, what scares you? Yeah. So
0: what is it that scares you? Well, from a paranormal point of view, there is something inherently frightening about knowing that there is an intelligent being that may be right there in the same room with you that can interact with you, but that you can't see it and you can't necessarily control it. And that really set home with me when I had an experience at Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, years ago. This is right outside of Baton Rouge. I got to stay by myself uh, an entire night in this plantation. And, and I mean, by myself, there was nobody else on the property, no maintenance people or anything. And I was there, uh, uh cause I'd arrived early. I was going to do a TV shoot there in a, in a couple of days. And so I was uh, at 10 o'clock at night in this room called the general David Bradford suite. All the lights were turned off. I decided to do that because I had a, a little video camera with the night shot on it. And I had some EMF meters and I'm walking around the whole house and didn't really see anything. But I got into this room, which was my bedroom with the big 15 foot ceilings and the four poster Ebenezer Scrooge bed and the paintings on the wall with the eyes that follow you and the whole nine yards. <laughs> and uh, suddenly my equipment goes bonkers. And, uh, and I, of course, I'm scanning around the room and I don't see anything. And then a couple minutes later, boom, 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 about jumped out of my skin. Something very loud knocked on my door, I presumed. So I walked over, opened the door, there was nobody there. So I went back inside and I said, is there somebody here? Boom, boom, boom. There it was again. But this time it was in a different location. So just to be sure, I said, if there is somebody in this room with me, please do that again. Boom, boom, boom. Now I got all this on video. If you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, there's a lot of stuff you can see there Including this video, it's on one of the sections of the site, and when that happened that third time, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't immediately feel this fight or flight instinct that made me feel I just wanted to get out of there for for a minute. I just wanted to turn and leave. Now you're talking about. I'm a guy who supposedly lives for this sort of thing. Right. I'm out there searching for it. I'm trying to make it happen. You know, I'm trying to stir the pot. And then when something like that finally happens, it's so shocking um, that it's life-altering. Because once I gathered myself, and I didn't run, I stayed there. This went on for hours. And I would ask this thing, okay, well, knock on this, knock on that. And this, I mean, I was clearly interacting with an invisible being that was intelligent in that room and it always would knock in threes i didn't know why i tried to communicate with it i'd say knock once for yes and twice for no and it wouldn't do it always in threes i found out later that according to one of the traditions in that area if there's a spirit that always wraps in threes it's evil because it's (laughs) mocking the holy trinity ah right right I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they said. So anyway, um, this went on until 8 o'clock in the morning when uh, finally it woke me up uh, because I I was worn out. And uh, it banged on the headboard of my bed. And that's the only time I think I've ever asked a ghost to please stop because I'm there to document them. Um, That still bothers me sometimes because if I go to a, a haunted hotel room I don't, I, I don't like staying in the haunted room because I'm fine seeing a ghost when I'm kind of ready for it. You know, when I've got the camera and I got the gear and I'm, I'm on the clock. <laughs> right. You know don't want to do it in your spare time. <laughs> I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and have one of these phantoms standing next to the bed. And I know that happens. And as a matter of fact, I think oftentimes these beings, they come and they feed off of you while you're sleeping. They take your dormant energy while you're relaxed, and they somehow feed from that. So that does scare me. And there are times when, you know, in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll, I'll start kind of get a little bit freaked out because I feel like there's something in, in the room. And, you know, I, uh, I have tons and tons of, well, haunted items. I try not to get cursed items, but, you know, you mentioned that uh, I had a museum for many years. I actually had to close the museum down because it got flooded. Uh, but I shipped everything out here to Las Vegas, and so at some point i 'll put it on display again so do you have some some objects that you,
1: that you believe are i don 't know cursed haunted uh possessed, whatever the proper terminology is
0: well, yes, uh, some of the things that I have I will not have in my home. Uh, I keep them in a storage unit and i 'll bring them out sometimes if somebody wants to see them or like we have a show that we do here occasionally in vegas it 's called the uh, the Vegas Ghost and UFO Show, and it's like sixty minutes in a bar <laughs> where you sit there with a beer, and we show you all of our goodies, and we show you f- footage and the best evidence for all this paranormal stuff around here. And so uh, I have, have for example, a, a mortician's kit that's pretty gruesome. Uh, it's got you know all the the good old blood stains and whatnot. And uh, anytime somebody has brought that into their home all night long they hear banging on the walls uh, uh paintings and things uh, like at one point uh there was lady named missy hill and she was the owner before i got it she actually had this one painting that flew off of the wall in front of her and my sister uh, when she was taking it out of the house to bring it to me and um, the guy who does the show nick weird he doesn't mind keeping some of these kinds of things in his house occasionally, but I don't like having something like that in my house. On the other hand, two things that I treasure that I keep in my house that I do not usually put on public display anymore. One of them is Dr. Raymond Moody's original psychomantium mirror. Ah, yes. And I think something like that belongs in the Smithsonian. Um, You know, when Dr. Moody was coming up with his book um reunions which was the follow-up to his best-selling life after life um, he sort of pioneered the modern version of the psychomantium technique where you more or less sit in front of a mirror with dim lighting and given the proper conditions people see full-blown apparitions that will appear and and move around uh, the room and interact you know as if they are fully fully 3d corporeal figures And so um, he went to this little antique shop in Anniston, Alabama, and he found this old mirror, there's no telling how old it is, with this big ornate wooden frame around it. And he bought that and he painted it, but painted the frame black with his own hands. And then when that book came out and was a success, he went on tour around the world and he would teach people the psychomantium method by carrying this mirror with him. He carried this particular mirror all over the world, and he did these sessions where thousands and thousands of people around the world looked into this mirror and had paranormal experiences, and I hired him years ago to come to uh, western North Carolina and produce a a workshop for me there, and it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. We had a lot of really important people who came there as just as guests. Uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley was there, Ray Buckland and uh, Martin Nesbitt, and there, there were a lot of, you know, big paranormal folks who realized that, you know, these are folks who usually would be presenting at a, pro, at a program, uh, at, a, at a conference, and said they were just coming there to, to be a part of this, like I was. He trained us for days uh, how to do this technique, and then um, w- when he left, there were some people who were staying extra days, and so instead of disassemble the psychomantium room... Uh, He said I could mail the mirror to him when they were done. I said, okay, fine. So he and his wife went home, came time for me to retrieve this mirror. And as a long shot, I contacted him. I said, before I send this back to you, (laughs) is there any chance you would consider selling this? And he did not want to sell it, but his wife Said she was like Raymond. We have enough stuff in the house. We've talked about this. Uh, <laughs> it's time to start clearing some space out, you know. And so I felt kind of sorry for him, but she she talked him into selling this thing to me. So my wife Lauren and I we went over, and, and I just I still it's one of those things. Like sometimes when I get something like this, I can't believe I own it. It's just like the land I just got near Area 51. Right. So like I got this Wagner. Thing. It's like the Honus Wagner rookie card. I agree. Yeah. It's, and there's nothing else you can even compare with it. It's so unique. And so, uh, so, and this is one of those stories that it's just like, uh, it's, it almost gives me goosebumps because it was just so tangible. We got the mirror and uh, it was out at, in Black Mountain, North Carolina at this old bed and breakfast. That's where we did the event. I very, of course, I wrapped it very well, put it in the trunk of my car, and maybe five minutes away uh, is this very popular pizza joint. So Lauren and I decided we would stop there and have lunch. So we pulled up to this pizza restaurant. We got out of the car, we'd taken two or three steps away from the car, and something goes bang inside of the trunk. And we both stopped. And by the way, Um, You might think with all these stories that I have a really big imagination. Well, I do have a big imagination, but I also, I use my imagination to create fiction most of the time. You know, I write novels and that sort of thing. I, I don't confuse reality because that's why I like to document things. I like to record things. And my wife, she's not really that much into the paranormal at all. So we both are like, what was that? And we walk over and boom. We hear something, again, I'm thinking like, it sounds like somebody's trapped. And, you know, we've, we've thrown somebody in the trunk, opened the trunk. Everything was fine. After that, we took the mirror home. We put it on the wall. And uh, my wife, I never experienced anything too weird around it. But my wife said that a lot of times when I was gone, she would hear people talking in the living room where we had it. And then, of course, she would walk in there and there was no explanation. So she did not like that. But I do have that mirror here. Uh, I since I just moved into this new house, it's still packed, so I, it's not even hung up. The other thing that I have, Richard, of course, is Art Bell's alien statue. Ah, uh, how did you get that? <laughs> yeah. This, now this when this is like when you walk in the door to my house, you're greeted by Carville the alien. Um, and the story behind this is is so wild, you know. I'll get us started here before we uh, before we go to our next break. But Wait basically, four
1: minutes we got about four minutes.
0: Yeah, so um, it really began with Rush Limbaugh because there was a wood carver who lived in um, I think Delaware uh, who was a big fan of Rush Limbaugh. And this guy, back in the 1990s, he would carve a lot of these wooden Indians in for cigar stores. It was very popular back then. And uh, he went to a gas station and saw Weekly World News that had Rush Limbaugh posed with some aliens, <laughs> and he got a kick out of that. And so he, um, he decided he would carve a wooden alien, and he had some deliveries to make in New York. And so he dropped this uh, four-foot-tall, you know, like 100-pound mahogany alien that he had created with his own hands right there at uh, Rush's studio, and never heard another thing about it for, for like 10 years had no idea what ever happened to it but what happened is that Rush fell in love with it and started calling it Carville because he thought the alien looks like James Carville and he actually <laughs> does <laughs> and so see that yeah yeah and uh in fact if you want to see this thing if you go to artbellalien.com that's a website that I put up with all of the uh, provenance here for historical posterity, uh, artbellalien.com. And so um, so he had this thing in his studio. And one day, uh, Art Bell traveled to New York for some reason, and Art went into Russia's studio and saw this alien and couldn't believe it and fell in love with it. And uh, so I guess that Rush could tell how much that Art enjoyed it. And the alien is standing there with one of his hands outstretched. And for some reason, Art put a $5 bill and a cigarette (laughs) in the wooden alien's hand. So a few years later, um, Art Bell was being celebrated at a resort in Marina del Rey, California, for i I think he might have retired for a while and then came back. you know he did that yeah, <laughs> a few times like a dozen times or whatever. <laughs> but this was one of the times I guess when they they really took him seriously when he came back, and so he he got up on stage with Matt Drudge, and they had like some kind of uh, an interview session with those two. and then, as a surprise, the guy who was the head of Clear Channel at that time, he said he brings out this alien from the back and where it had been hidden and said that this is a gift from Rush Limbaugh to you. They shipped it all the way out here. And so, uh, so you know, there's video footage of Art getting up there and hugging it and loving on it. And uh, then Art took this alien back to his studio in Pahrump, where it sat next to him for all of these classic shows he was producing. And in a minute, I'll tell you how that ended up getting into my hands, uh, because um, it's quite an interesting story, as you can tell. Fantastic. Well, you got a lot of them. You got a
1: truckload of them. (laughs) Joshua P. Warren, my guest, JoshuaPWarren.com. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, Carville, the alien, how it got from Art Bell's Parumph uh, studio to Joshua's place in Las Vegas. We'll also talk about the uh, psionic dematerializer. Back with more of our program in about uh, three minutes. Don't go away. Guys, we've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto, but did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that the YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest, as you simply do what he does. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which, despite heavy censorship, has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put in $100 into each one, it would now be worth over $53,000. Of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up over 440 times from when he said to buy. That one call alone has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify this for yourself. So if you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com forward slash dollar copy dot forward slash dollar that's d-o-l-l-a-r you'll not only find proof of everything i've said but listeners get full access for just one dollar you can't find this offer anywhere else but act fast because the offer ends soon that's copy dot forward slash dollar that's d-o-l-l-a-r don't take this offer lightly he's the real deal go visit the site now
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet.
1: Joshua P. Warren stays with us, world renowned paranormal researcher, investigator, inventor, author. So, we're talking about this, um, this wooden alien head carvel that was carved for Rush Limbaugh. It's uh, given as a gift to uh, Art Bell, of course, on the occasion of one of his retirements. So, how do you get carvel? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so odd how all this worked out. Um, so at that time, I, okay, well, um, the Alien was in Arts Perump Studio for, for years. And then I was living in North Carolina at that time. And I got, uh, let's see, I got a job to go shoot an episode of Ghost Adventures for the Travel Channel at the Winchester Mansion. Mm. That was a really cool experience. And but it was going to be a very busy trip because as soon as I was, I was going to fly to, to New uh, from North Carolina to California and then fly directly from there to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, where I was going to speak at a conference and then come back. So I had all these obligations within this short period of time. When I was in San Francisco, I got a call from uh, Mobius, who is a good friend and producer and business partner. We work on all kinds of projects. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. He goes, Art Bell's trying to get a hold of you because, you know, Art had interviewed me a number of times, but we didn't like talk on a regular basis or anything. And uh, he said, Art is trying to get a hold of you because he has this alien at his house and his wife and daughter say it's coming to life at night, (laughs) running around the house and scaring the bejesus out of them. And that Rush Limbaugh's wife, said that she saw it turn its head one time also and that Art has to get rid of this alien ASAP or he's going to lose his marriage over it and I said what have you been smoking are you I'm like yeah right Art Bell Art Bell has contacted me and and wants me to have this he says I swear to God and I said look I'm not going to believe this unless Art calls me and tells me about five minutes later Art Bell called me and uh, he told me exactly what Mobius had told me. (laughs) I wish I'd had my phone recording when that happened. Um, And so uh, he said, yeah, it's, you know, it's got to go. And I said, well, look, I'll pay you for it. And he he goes, well, you know, whatever you think's fair. And so I did buy it from him. I didn't give him a lot of money, but I felt it was good to give him some money. And so uh, the problem is he invited me to go to his house and Trump and get it. And I would have given anything to have had that experience, but I, there was no way that I could do it. That And he wanted it gone right away because of the TV show and the conference. I couldn't do it. So I sent a friend of mine, uh, a big coast to coast AM fan. Who's also a director in Hollywood. His name is Jim Castle. He went to art's house and art like gave him the grand tour. And it was just like, ah, I wish I could have, oh, have had that day. He art met was a wonderful he met the cats. Yeah. And, uh, he, um, Art got down on his hands and knees and signed the base of the alien. We have pictures of all this stuff. Art gave me a handwritten letter with you know, describing how he got it, and he signed it and all that. And then Jim shipped it to me. And for about 10 years, uh, it was in my museum in Asheville, North Carolina, on public display. And it was, he was a local fixture. He was on the news and all that kind of stuff in the, in the area. And so thousands of people got to see him in my museum. When my museum flooded, thank God, he was not damaged. Uh, a lot of my stuff got, was lost. And so he was then shipped out here to Las Vegas since I moved to Vegas. And so basically, think of the journey this thing has gone on. It went from the woodcarver's shop in Delaware or whatever to Rush Limbaugh's place in New York, from there to California for the event with art, from there to Pahrump, from Pahrump to Asheville, North Carolina, and then it came back home again to Las Vegas, where it is right now, sitting in the foyer of my house.
1: But has anyone seen it move, Joshua?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? So here's what happened. And uh, feel free to stop me if, if, if we need to, because... I have about 90 uh, seconds here. Okay. Um, when I first got the alien, uh, I knew that this was a big, you know, a big important thing to put on display. And uh, so I decided I would do like a press conference and tell everybody I'd gotten this thing. So I put him in the museum and it's own, he has his own, had his own special corner. And I bought all these special dramatic lights and put around him, and signs and pictures of art. And it was a really nice exhibit. And I stayed there till about 11 o'clock at night just by myself, making sure everything was perfect because the next day the media was going to come. And then I left. I came in the next morning and when I walked in, everything in the entire museum was just as I had left it, except for Carville the Alien. That entire four or five foot tall, 100 pound mahogany statue had shifted a full 30 degrees to the right. And instantly, I was kind of ticked because I thought, man, I worked so hard to get this right. And somebody came in here and is messing with me. But I checked the security logs. Nobody else had come into that building. I couldn't believe it. I put a camera on him after that 24 hours a day. And I've never been able to document anything strange around him since.
1: Well, we are madly off in all directions with Joshua P. Warren. One of my favorites. Uh, at the time always just flies by with you, Joshua, and the conversation just flows. You are just—you uh, have so many great stories, and it's—it's uh, it's just such a delight speaking with you. You make my life and my job very easy. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that sets you apart—and I've talked to, to you about this before—and you know this—is uh, that you're not, you know—you know, you're garden variety ghost hunter, or UFO tracker. I mean, you have a laboratory. You—you're an inventor. Uh, I mean, that that just really sets you, um, you know, head and shoulders above so many others in the field. So tell me about your latest, what do you call these, metaphysical inventions, the psionic dematerializer? What is
0: that? (laughs) This is something that uh, just sort of, when I finally realized that this could be an invention that would help people, this light bulb went off and I was like, why did I never think about this before? Okay, here's the background of this. Here in Las Vegas, uh, of course, we're always hearing about the secret technology that's being developed at Nellis Air Force Base and out near Area 51 and Groom Lake, et cetera. One of the things that they work on most is invisibility technology. They're trying to make all these different craft as invisible as possible. And I mean optically invisible. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you can do this right now. But if you, uh, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, there's a video that my friend Steve Barone shot. Uh, and you're welcome to show it here on your podcast, if you'd like. Um, and it shows one of these invisibility, uh, these, these cloaked triangle craft landing at Nellis Air Force Base. Steve Barone is a guy who goes out just about every night and he videotapes everything he can from these high perches in the area. And it's really cool. If you go to uh, my website, there's a section where there is the Curiosity Shop. And that's where I sell all my weird stuff. And sometimes I put some cool footage there. And you can scroll down. You'll see where it says something about Steve Barone UFO. And you can see that if this triangular craft did not have lights turned on its three points, you wouldn't see it at all. Uh, the, The lights are, of course, turned on to help it land. But as it's landing, you can see through it. And the type of technology that is being used, and there are many types, is sometimes similar to this. This is a type of cloaking material. Yes. This is a plastic that's got a special pattern on it that bends light. So, like, for example, if you take, I'm holding up a little figure of a Bigfoot here for those who can't actually see what I'm doing. And if I take this tube of cloaking material and I put it over top of it, you'll see it kind of distorts it, and it disappears, right? Right, exactly. This is not an ideal setting for this, because I have, you know, I'm in a studio with lights everywhere, but right, you get the right.
1: idea. Yeah, typically, you'd so be able to see sort of, because the light bends, and I've seen you uh, on on your website as well, sort of demonstrate this with what's looked like kind of a shower curtain.
0: Yeah, I was able to go into a busy bar in Las Vegas on a Saturday night, and uh, put one of these over my, uh, in front of my table, and I was completely invisible. All night long, people were walking back and forth by my table. and had no idea there was a man sitting there. I did that just to prove the point. And I, I felt it. like that
1: in a restaurant, and uh, and I didn't even have an invisibility. <laughs> Bored by the waitress, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've been in some of those situations as well. So I started thinking, well, okay, if this can essentially take light, this material, and stop it or neutralize it or bend it in some way. Let's use that word neutralize. Let's say it neutralizes the light that's coming from the object inside. Can it do that for other things? Can it do that for thoughts? What happens if you take a negative thought and you place it symbolically inside one of these tubes of invisibility cloaking material? Now we're getting kind of out, out there in the mm. world of quantum physics and non-locality and radionics, but that's fine. I love dabbling with those things and experimenting. What if I take something that is a negative thing and I represent it and I put it in here? Will it, will it disperse it? Will it neutralize it? And I, what I did first off is at that time, I had a, uh, a very noisy neighbor. And I thought this is an easy thing that I can work on. And so I wrote down my noisy neighbor, and I put it in the tube. Within a couple of days, the neighbor moved out. That was my first indication there was something to this. And then I began to realize that what I did here was very special, because usually, if you're trying to manifest something, you think about what you want, and that's very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people, they say, like, I can't envision what I want. I don't have that kind of imagination. But everybody seems to have no problem envisioning what they don't want. Right? Everybody can tell you what their problems are, what they don't like, whether or not they have a solution. And that's when I realized this could be a form of magic for people who don't like magic. And so the idea is I started putting this little kit together, and it's got a few components in it. So I took a test tube, and I put some of this cloaking material all around it. So you got a little test tube of cloaking material. Right. And you take a slip of paper and you put whatever you want inside of it. But you have to put what you don't want. You don't put what you do want. You put what you don't want. Okay. (laughs) You put what you don't want. You write it down. You put it inside there. But I wanted to enhance this. And at that time, I was studying the uh, Greater Keys of Solomon, which is a grimoire a book of spells that was produced in uh europe in the middle ages right it's got a bunch of seals uh that represent different types of magic that is supposedly attributed to solomon one of them is called the fifth pentacle of mercury and i have here in my hands a little coin that i had made that's got the fifth pentacle of mercury and this is supposed to neutralize bad things
1: Right, there's a close-up of this on the, the Bad Buster on the screen now. People can see yeah the, uh, You've got the test tube with the uh, cloaking uh, the material or, uh, around the test tube, and then you've got that's the that coin there we see in the
0: bottom right. And that's the seal. That's the seal of Solomon that's supposed to neutralize uh, bad things and clear obstacles. And so you place this on top, this two test tube on top, And then everybody who does all this kind of practicing with uh, gems and and crystal power, they always talk about how black tourmaline clears negativity. Mm. So I took a little piece of black tourmaline and put it on top of the whole thing and set it aside. And this is what I call the psionic dematerializer, which has now become known as the bad buster. (laughs) And I make these that's only available on my website and I make them in small batches. So you never know if I'm going to have them in stock or not. But I put this thing out there and I I had no idea what kind of a reaction I was going to get, which is usually the case when I make these things. And I think I only made like 100 of them and they were gone within 24 hours. And then that's when I really became impressed because all of the emails started coming in from people telling me about success stories. And some of them are pretty, uh, pretty touching. Like one person had a kid that had a bad drug problem and actually wrote down that, you know, something about that kid's drug problem and said the kid was able to go through and recover and get out of that lifestyle. I mean, I've gotten tons and tons of people who've said nothing like this has ever worked for me because I am a negative person. I am a pessimist. But in this case, this kind of turns that into a superpower. It's almost like the more negative you are, the better it works. Wow. Because you're taking what you don't like and you're really visualizing it, putting it in there and destroying it, as opposed to having this optimistic outlook on life, which is usually required with these manifestation techniques.
1: Wow. The psionic dematerializer, a.k.a. the bad buster. It's almost like the opposite of the the, the sigil. I still carry the uh, the sigil around in my wallet whenever uh, the mighty Aphrodite and I can go, and she has one as well. We go buy our lottery tickets and we... Uh, we look at, we focus on the sigil and then we buy the tickets and we, you know, we pick our numbers and so forth. And we've had, you know, I guess in in the universe, you're not allowed to get greedy. So we win free tickets and we win 10, $15 here and there. Uh, There you go. That's the one, that's the
0: one, that's the money attracting sigil. That's free on my website. Anybody can go there and download this sigil. And, you know, this is uh, something I created using parasymatics, which is a technique that I created And um, which, you know, I mentioned that I have a whole new parasimatics lab that I'm building right now. I I mean, I have my regular lab where I do all my wacky, you know, electrostatic, electromagnetic stuff. But this lab is going to be devoted 100% entirely to creating sigils.
1: Fantastic. Joshua P. Warren is going to stay with us. He's uh, being very generous with his time. And uh, he is uh, truly... A treasure, 25 years breaking ground in the paranormal.
0: A new Richard Sarrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com.